welcome, 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 hello and welcome everybody, glad you're here. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dansfish.com. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That is 9 o'clock Eastern for those that do not know where the mountains are. Anyway, glad you could be here. Thanks for joining us. I think this is going to be a good live stream. We've got a lot of awesome stuff to tell you about. There's been a lot of progress uh, going on behind the scenes here at our company. And so we're going to fill you in on what's going on there. But first, we're going to start with our shipment report like we always do and tell you all the fish we shipped out. Were we successful? Did we screw up? What happened? And we kind of screwed up one thing. So I'll tell you about that. But before I get into that, um, we also have an awesome give. I even took notes. Like there's so much to talk about. I had to take notes. Um, we have a great giveaway. I'll tell you about those rainbow fish. They're from the Chilotherina genus in a moment. Um, I have good news, however. Last week, uh, during the shipment report, there were some platies that a, a customer was, was having some issues with. And there's two things that I want to tell you about. Number one is they've recovered. The customer told me everyone's fine now. Didn't lose any fish, which is great. Because when you have a nice show tank and you add new fish to it, it's a real bummer when they all get wiped out. So... Um, I'm happy to report all the fish recovered and there were no ish, no losses in the entire tank, not just the platies. So that's good. The second thing is I put out a query and said, hey, anyone else that got these platies, did you have problems? Because if multiple people are having problems with them, then that's an issue with me as the supplier, sending them out to multiple people and everyone's having problems. I got to change something. But the good news is uh, everyone that reported back said that theirs are doing fine. So this does appear to be a one-off strange incident. We don't know exactly what happened. We, we never do most of the time, but it appears that the batch is good. So um, if you want some platies, it doesn't seem like it was like a systemic thing. So that's good news too. Now, the one thing that isn't perfect is that we did have a loss. Um, this was reported last week after the live stream. It was a Melanotania Parkinsoni that I shipped to a customer. I shipped them a group and one of them passed away late last week. It was like four or five days after they received the fish. So there's no telling exactly what caused the issue, but um, all the other ones are fine. It's just this one one day started looking weird and then passed away shortly after. So it, I, I think the customer, no, it, I'm confusing that with another customer. No, no. So, um, so that's the report. There was one loss four or five days after it was received of a Milanotini Parkinsoni. Um, and that's, the full report, everything else, I, I believe, is doing well for everybody. So that's the shipping report. Um, on to the giveaway. I don't want to wait on the giveaway because we have a lot of things to talk about. But before I get into the giveaway, I guess I do want to wait on the giveaway. Um, I want to thank my mods for everything they do and just let everyone know, you got to treat the mods well. Okay, They're volunteers. They're here um, out of the goodness of their heart, donating their time and expertise they take their job actually rather seriously trying to make this chat um, work and not just for me as a streamer, but for you as a community, for all of us as a community. And they work really hard to make that happen. So don't give them a hard time. They have the power to ban you. Um, and by the mod, by the way, mods, I checked into it and um, let me, let me show you. 
what I found out. So um, I'm going to use um, planted tanks. No, no. Who do I know really well that I can pick on a little bit? Um, rock and fish. Okay. So if we wanted to ban rock and fish from the channel, it, it's a little strange. I looked into it and it's not called ban. It's called hide user on this channel. If I did that, then any chats rock and fish put out would no longer show up on the channel. So in effect, um, rock and fish would be banned. Now I'm not going to do that because rock and fish is actually a good friend and supporter, but um, it does appear that that's the new ban is hide user from this channel. So the mods have full power to do that at any time. Uh, basically just treat them well. There's, there's, even if they screw up, treat them well. It doesn't mean that we can't bring it to someone's attention if there's an issue, but do it nicely. They're good people with a good heart, just trying to do a good job. So no, no calling them out. No, I mean, yes, we can bring up an issue gently, right? And nicely and respectfully. Um, but basically it's like this. The mods are, and I have this home, let's say, this is our home. This home belongs to me and the mods and you guys too, of course, but everyone here is a guest in the home and let's treat everything like that, right? Make sure that people are, are taken care of. So I'm not going to bang on that any further. I think you all know what proper behavior is when you are a guest in someone's home or when you're in a member of a group in a community. But there's a small percentage that don't and we'll just ban you. Mods, go ahead. Um, there's, what is it? 1% of the people cause 99% of the problems. I have, I have no issue just, just getting rid of the 1%. Not a problem for me. Um, anyway, with that, we'll get into the giveaway. And the reason I brought that up before the giveaway is there's a lot of confusion a lot of times <laughs> during the giveaway that the mods have to manage. That's a pretty uh, intense part of their job. So treat them nice during what's about to happen. So what's about to happen is we are going to give away a couple rainbow fish. This is a trio, one male and two females. Here's the rainbow fish. And it's a bit of a mystery. Um, these weren't labeled. I don't know what they are exactly. I know they're a Chilotherina. I can just tell that by looking at them. I mean, I guess I could be wrong. There's a small percentage I'm wrong, but pretty darn sure this is a Chilotherina species. And these are two pictures. Whoops, that's coming later. These are two pictures of the male of the trio. Females just don't have a lot of color, so it doesn't do a lot of good to show them because you can't identify much from a female, at least not by the eye. Um, now, my suspicion is that these are, in fact, this fish, Chilotherina blairi. I don't know that for sure, but I think that for two reasons. One is they look, to me, that looks like a young Chilotherina blairi. I don't know for sure, though, so we can't actually you know, distribute them as any specific fish. But the other reason is when they came, I had ordered a group of Chilotherina blairi that I got. These came, they showed up in a different bag, but looked the same. So my feeling is when they were getting sorted and stuff for the shipment or uh, during the water change before they were forwarded to me and all that, that, that maybe there was a little, little bit of a mix up. But with rainbow fish, you just can't guess. Um, they're too endangered. Their habitats are being destroyed at an incredible rate. They're too precious to actually guess. And for me to sell this as a Blair, I, even though 
I'm pretty darn sure it is. Um, and so I won't. I'm just going to, it's a mystery rainbow fish. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to have two females that come with it, so it will display constantly. But it's probably not one that we can breed and distribute just because the um, identification is not rock solid and with a endangered, too often hybridized group of fish, um, we don't want to take that risk. So if you don't mind a mystery fish that is going to look absolutely stunning when it grows up, already looks pretty good. Um, then the hashtag for tonight is hashtag mystery. <laughs> so that's what you enter to win um, this trio of mystery Chilotherina genus rainbow fish. Now, I also noticed something else that I never knew before. There's an anti-spam thing here on Nightbot that says basically that if people enter the keyword multiple times to try to rig the system, like I'm going to enter 10 times, then I have a better chance of winning. Then Nightbot just disqualifies you as a winner. So please just enter it once. Um, double check it. If there's an issue and it was mistyped or something, then, then of course you can enter it again, right? But um, just know that it kind of automatically disqualifies you if you try to spam it by entering a bunch of times. So keep that in mind. With that, I'm going to get to some stuff that I think is pretty cool. So I have not talked to you guys for quite a while about some of the behind the scenes business stuff here at dancefish.com. I used to a lot. Um, before I had investors, I just share all the financial information. And then as I was seeking investors, I shared all the financial information because people needed to know it to see if they were interested in investing. And I did that here, but I also did that in the business community as well. Um, now that we're funded, I haven't publicly done it a lot. I don't know why, mainly because there's been so much else to focus on, I guess, and because the focus has been less about um, is the business viable and can we attract investors? Now we know the business is viable and we have attracted investors and we're funded. Um, so it's been less about that and more about let's get into that warehouse. Let's scale up. How do we scale up? <laughs> Just getting that all figured out. But Jonathan and I were going over the numbers recently and we, um, we always run the monthly numbers. So we've always been aware that things are going fine and growing and stuff. Um, but we just haven't had a chance to savor the moment. So we took a chance today to savor the moment. And we are happy to report that we've almost doubled from 2020. So in 2019, we had a decent year for a start off little business. In 2020, we almost doubled. And here in 2021, we've almost doubled again. So it's going very well on our side. I, I just want to take a moment to, to savor that with you as a community, because I know a lot of you have been part of that success, either sharing the, the word about the company, or telling your friends we're a good place to buy fish, or purchasing fish, or leaving financial support in Super Chats, or um, perhaps investing, or just all the things that the community does to support us as a business. So I just want to report that. It's awesome news. We're a little over halfway through the year. And so far, we're about double what we did in 2020. Now, that doesn't mean I'm paying myself anymore. I'm still on ramen wages. All that money is going into the expansion. This expansion um, is a massive effort. It takes a lot of resources. And so just expanding and scaling is, is very quickly taking all that 
extra gross income in, in eating it up pretty fast in a good way, in a way that is progress, right? As we get the things in place to expand. So, but it's pretty cool when you start a business to see that year after year, it's, it's pretty much doubling. And it's just in our garage and our basement at this point, we haven't even had a chance to tap into the potential, but we're very excited about that. The other thing that's awesome as we try to scale and expand is we've been able to hire our, our fish happiness officer. Um, we found an awesome candidate and worked with her for a while. She did a great job and we've now hired her. Her first day was yesterday and it was amazing to have that help. Yesterday was one of the best days we've had here. We got so much done. Her name is Mandy. Formerly, she worked in an engineering firm that um, would go out and make sure that utilities were done correctly and built correctly and all that. So she's very good at like, like project management type stuff, I would say, and managing a crew of people and making sure that things are done that need to get done. Apart from that, she's a total fish geek, which is awesome for a position like that. So we're, we're very happy to announce that that has happened. I do want to think, thank everyone that applied. Um, I know it's just like, <laughs> it's like meaningless corporate speak. There were a lot of qualified applicants. Uh, thank you so much. We've filled the position. We'll keep you on file. But the truth is we had a lot of amazing applicants. The response was way more than we expected. And uh, it took a while to sort through take the time to, to meet with people, talk with people, meet with people, fly them out, all that stuff to figure out this position. It wasn't like a lot of people from out of town, right? So it just takes a while to do all that. But um, we had a lot of great applicants. So I just want to thank everyone that applied. And uh, we're planning on growing pretty quick and hiring more in the future. So please, if you did not um, if, if the job didn't pan out for you this time, please don't hesitate next time. It's, it's not like we're like, well, this person's horrible. It's, it's nothing like that. Lots of great applicants. Um, an, another great thing though, is we have a, another person that's going to be joining us, uh, this weekend. And we think might, might be able to join us full time shortly thereafter. So it's going well on that front. And we need to do that because we've realized something else. Um, we had thought for quite a while that the right way to approach this expansion was to stay really slim and cost effective, um, which we're still doing, but just kind of proceed as normal, just me and, you know, Jonathan and, and find the other applicants, find the other positions, but maybe not bring them on or bring them on fully until the warehouse happened so that we didn't burn through a lot of capital before the warehouse happened. But we've, what we've discovered though, is we can actually do a lot more business in the facilities we have than we thought. And so um, we're kind of scaling up now, we're bringing in more species. We're basically have a plan to utilize our, our facilities to the maximum potential. And it's just something that I had thought of before, but it thought 
wouldn't really work before. I didn't think it was the right plan. And part of that is probably from the mindset of just working by myself for, for so long, at least, I don't know, two and a half years or so. Um, because in that situation, there's only so much business you can handle and you get used to being like, okay, I've got what I can handle. That's it. Let's just stay there for a while until we get the full next stage. Right. That's, that's where my mindset was, but we've looked at everything really carefully. The, the space that we have, the number of species that we can maintain in our tanks, um, our sourcing and all that and realized we can actually handle quite a bit more business as long as we have the help um, than we are now. Just the facility itself that we have can handle more than we thought. So that's why we're bringing on people kind of sooner than we thought. We thought we'd wait till the warehouse to actually hire folks, but um, we're doing it now because we want to take advantage of the new opportunity we found um, just hearing what we already had. And we're modifying things a little bit to make it so it actually works, but it's going to work. Um, now, we have some other cool things, and I'm going bring to bring Jonathan on in a moment to tell you about some of this. Um, but one is, I know that for a long, long time, there's been an issue with Dan's fish. That issue is that we just have not had descriptions written for our products. And the reason for that is we just haven't had the time to do that, which sounds like a total excuse and it is. But when it was me by myself and I already had all the orders I could manage, I would just spend all my time doing that. And any extra time was like trying to figure out the warehouse project, right? That took everything I had. So, um, so basically, I just threw fish up without a description, which causes some problems like, what's the size of this fish? Like, that's a basic thing you should know if you're going to buy a, a pleco, right? Is this a half inch pleco? Is this a four inch pleco? <laughs> what am I getting? You got to know that stuff. So I understand that's been a problem. I'm happy to say we've started putting out a lot of good descriptions, and that's a focus now. So we're going to get nice descriptions on all the products on the website. Um going forward instead of like this. This is the current description. Nothing. <laughs> it doesn't tell you anything just because there was no time. But now that we have the help, we started doing some, some nice descriptions. And I want to thank um, I want to thank Michael Melier for helping with that effort. He's come on and um, helped help kind of spearhead that. So Michael, thank you so much. Um, one of them, let's see here, is, sorry, I'm trying to bring this up and do the other thing at the same time. Is this, so this is kind of what we came up with what, uh, of something that we think would be a good description. We tell you where it's from naturally, what's its natural range. Was it tank bred or, or was it um, collected in cap? Uh, in the wild, we will tell you that about the size it'll be when we ship it out. What's the max size of an adult? Is it sexed or not? Nope, these are sold as unsexed. And then an overview, just a little bit about it. Any special considerations for doing a setup? Like, is this a large fish that swims really rapidly, like a full-grown rainbow? So maybe 
let's look for a four ta- foot tank or bigger probably for a fish like that. Or is this a fish that does fine in like a little tank? We, we thought about putting tank size, but I actually hate that parameter because different people keep fish differently. Um, we debated this quite a bit. Do you just put tank size? Because if you're new to fish or, or something, which is something we want to do is help new people. Something you might do if you're looking for fish is just look at different tank sizes and then be like, oh, that goes in a 10 gallon. Great. That's in the group I can consider. Right. I have a 10 gallon. I think that's a way that that new fish keepers are likely to, to go shop for fish. But we didn't want to do that because we feel that that's often inaccurate. I might keep fish in one size tank. You might keep them in another and they might do great in both setups. So instead, we're just going to talk about setup considerations and then any specific carrier requirements. These tetras don't have them, but um, for some other fish like the mamirids, when we wrote those descriptions, it's like, hey, these only eat frozen food or live food. You need to know that, right? They, they thrive in groups. If they're alone, they, they don't do well. You need to know that. So things things of that nature. And then diet is there any specific i I guess that's where this would go about the frozen live foods is there any specific diet requirements um is this a carnivore is an omnivore does it only eat live or or frozen uh things like that so we're we're serious about making this happen it's a massive effort though it takes a lot of time to write a meaningful description but but we, we're, we're turning those out. So look for more of those coming on the website. I know that's been a pain point for a lot of people. Um, so we're working on that. Now, the, the next thing that we've worked on that, that Jonathan built um, is better review access for the website. One thing that has been confusing for people for quite a while is how do I leave a review on Get Gills? Because it's not straightforward. And so we fixed that, and I'm going to bring Jonathan on to tell you about it. Oh, boy. Howdy. All right. Um, yeah, let me get the uh, pictures up. So I can't really do a live demo very well um, because you shouldn't see everything. <laughs> but here, this is using my uh, test version of the website. Can they see this already? Uh, no, you have to click transition. Cool. I don't know how to YouTube, but here I am YouTubing. Now, okay, now cool. It. Hi, everybody. Um, so this is a how if you go to getgills.com slash orders, after you place an order, this is the kind of thing you'll see now. So you'll still have the same information you used to have, but now it'll show you your review. If you already placed one, you can edit it and change it. If you got any refunds on your order, they show up here now. So you kind of get the holistic view of each order. Um, Hopefully that's helpful. If you hadn't created a review yet, you can now click the create review button and that'll take you to where you can do that. Um, And let's go to the other picture. Okay, this is kind of how it shows up more on mobile. So that was a widescreen version. This is shorter. So you'll see at the bottom, the review information are here. It would go down there. Um, Just to know, reviews have to be done within 60 days of the order being placed. At that point, they're shut off and done. But up to 60 days, you can update it. You can can say like, hey, it came in, I wasn't sure about everything, and or it all worked out, or whatever. Whatever is important to share, um, you're allowed to do that. So um, I think that's the main thing. The only other thing to share is I'll I'll be in the stream as Get Gills now. So if you have any questions about the website or whatever, Um, you can tag me and I'll try and answer them and help out a little bit during the live streams too. So 
Cool. Thanks. All right. So, so yeah, Jonathan is standing by. If you have any questions or you're having trouble getting fish listed or um, technical questions of any sort, send them his way. Let's see. I think we're getting to the bottom of this stuff here. So, um, we'll get into questions and comments shortly. But couple other things. One thing that we've changed on the website is now you'll see where, uh, let me get back in it. Well, I can just tell you too. You'll see the state each seller is from. Now I've resisted this for a long time. <laughs> um, and the reason is because I don't think it has that much bearing on on buying fish online these days. Let me explain what I mean. So now if you go to an item, you'll see seller location, Wyoming, United States. That's where I'm from, right? Um, and the reason I resisted this is there's a perception out there, I think, that you should buy from people that are closer to you, which is true. Okay, if you have a mom and pop or local fish breeders, you can go buy from, drive there, meet them in person. Of course, that's, that's generally the best way to do it. Like if you have a good fish store locally that has healthy fish, um, check there first, of course. Let's support our mom and pops and our local breeders. Uh, that keeps the hobby thriving. You know, if, if mom and pops go out of business, where are you gonna go get your black worms and things like that, right? Um, so we're not talking about that. I'm saying once, you've, once you're like, I can't find this fish locally or, or I don't have a good supplier locally or whatever, um, and you're like, I need to look online, if you're going to order online, it almost doesn't matter where they're at because the shipping's pretty much the same. It takes just as actually, if I send a, sh a shipment of fish to Miami, Florida, it will get there faster than if I send it to Pam punchy paints in Laramie, Wyoming, just the way the system works. So the idea that, okay, I'm in Florida maybe I'll look in Georgia because the shipping will be faster is actually false. Um, now, in certain cases, it might be true. Like for, for priority mail, it's likely that if you ship from a state right next to you, it'll get there quicker than if you ship from a state across the nation. You'll probably save a day. But that's not always the case there either. Priority mail is uh, notoriously unreliable for getting there on time. Um, and so the reason I've been resistant to the idea of putting the states on is I don't want people to exclude buying from states that aren't close to them because they're under the perception that it'll get to them more slowly, which just has not been my experience. Um, so that's why I resisted. So it's there now though. You can see it. We've had a lot of requests for it. So I finally said, okay, <laughs> but I still don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't know how long it'll stay. I'm really torn about it. Um, I think it's cool to know where a seller is located, like statewide, right? We're not going to say, hey, here's their street address, but just statewide. But I also don't want to do any seller disservice and have them be excluded as, a, as an option just because of their location when that actually doesn't affect how quickly someone will get the fish in most cases. So that's, that's my thoughts on it. But it's there now. Um, We've also worked up a nice little box insert. So starting tomorrow, 
you'll have a, a little insert that we put in each box that we send out. Now, a couple things that are actually really exciting is the rest of the aquariums are arriving tomorrow. So we have another truckload of aquariums arriving at the warehouse, not the warehouse that the fish are going in, our storage warehouse, um, which has been generously uh, provided to us by one of our investors. I want to thank that person because it's been such a help to have a big local warehouse to store stuff in while we're ramping up. But the rest of the tanks are coming tomorrow. The reason we need a warehouse to store stuff in is because during this whole COVID madness, it's like lead times on orders are crazy. I didn't know if when I ordered the tanks, if they would arrive in a couple of weeks or in a year. So we're like, well, we're going to order them all now and we'll just have a space to put them so that we don't get to in the situation where we're ready to scale up our, our fish warehouse is built. Oh, but the tanks still aren't here. And I'm glad I did because I ordered these back in, was it February? I can't remember but it's been many months and we're just now finally getting the rest of our order tomorrow. So it's been quite a ride, but they're coming, they're coming tomorrow. So I'm excited about that. And then the other thing is Michael Melier. Um, I think it's Melier. I always want to go French on that. Melier, <laughs> that's more Italian. <laughs> Michael Melier is writing an article for next month's newsletter on the banded gudgeon. Um, we're, we've bred a lot of them here at Dance Fish. We have two batches that we're raising. And so we thought, and Michael was like, Hey, I'd like to write about this fish. And I was like, that's perfect because I'm raising a whole bunch of babies. We're going to have a ton available. I don't know if they'll be available by the time the newsletter comes out, but we can talk a lot about breeding them and raising them and our experience in that article. So it should be an awesome article. That's half an hour of me rambling. So <laughs> let's get to questions and comments. Thanks for hanging with us as we got through all that, but we're excited. Um, the business is growing. We're finding good people to hire. Um, there's been progress on the warehouse, but I, we're going to shoot some video this weekend and, and make a video to talk about that. Basically, um, more of the same, but really good. Like the whole team's out there and they've been working several days in a row to to really make it happen. There's a lot of heavy equipment out there. They're getting the building pad already and all that. So it's still a lot of dirt work, but that stuff's pretty involved as I'm finding out. So anyway, um, we're excited. Things are going kind of amazingly well for us. Yeah. With that, we're going to find out how things are going for you. We're going to get some questions and comments. If you have any questions or want to talk about breeding fish, uh, shipping fish, building fish rooms, or just keeping fish in aquariums. I can help with most things. If I can talk, I can help with most things. There we go. Um, I need more of this, obviously. I don't know much about plants at all. I don't know about salt water at all. Not, I don't know a ton about big monster fish, but most of the other fish I can probably give you an answer on. Um, if you want to do that, then leave a question or comment for me. And if you would in that type the at symbol dance fish like you see here then it'll show up in these big orange bright boxes that call my attention as i'm scrolling through chat so these orange boxes are what i look for while i'm looking for questions and comments um so that'll 
help ensure that your question or comment is answered. Please only leave it once. Please don't spam the chat over and over. That makes the mods job really hard. And if I've passed it and I somehow missed it, then yes, of course, leave it again. But if I haven't even got to that section of the chat yet, just posting it again and again down where I'll never get to the end of the chat is not helpful. So let's make the mods uh, lives easy and only post it once. And with that, let's get to your questions and comments. Now, I know that because I rambled for 32 minutes, um, there's a lot of questions and comments that I can't see that have been posted and cut off. So I can see only a few. So go ahead and leave your question and comment again if you've already left it because there's only a few that I can see. And uh, we'll get to that. Let me start here. I found one right here. From Lumpy Dog. Hey, Lumpy Dog. It's been great to see you the last couple weeks. Glad you're here, man. Looking for a unique little peaceful barb? Try the dwarf, the golden dwarf barbs from Dan's Fish. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and he's right, by the way. The golden dwarf barb is amazing. Or dwarf golden barb. They don't have the... Um, bad attributes of barbs. A lot of people, when they think of barbs, they think of these pretty aggressive, really fast fish, right? They kind of outcompete other fish, nip at them and get to the food really quick. These guys don't get very big. Females might top out at about an inch and a half, maybe even a little less than that. Uh, males are smaller and, or do I have that backwards? I think that's right. And they are not that super fast swimming barb that we're used to. They're a fairly slow, sedate, just calm fish. Now they can get excited about food, but not to the point of like tiger barbs or Odessa barbs or, or, <laughs> or filamentosum barbs. <laughs> those are, those are crazy. Um, I love them, but they're crazy. So thank you for sharing that. And I, I think, that's a good thing to share, not just because, yay, maybe we'll sell some stuff, but a lot of people just write barbs off wholesale without realizing there's lots of species that are actually really good community tank members. So thanks, Jeff. Uh, Lumpy Dog. Pony Girl, great description will be very helpful for the average hobbyist. Much appreciated. Hey, you're welcome. And thank you uh, for everyone for being patient because I know I probably didn't write a description for almost a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here and there I would, but I was just selling so many fish. It was like, man, if I write descriptions, I'll sell even more. I can't do that. <laughs> so, um, by the way, um, it's going to take, you know, a couple of weeks to get all the descriptions written out, maybe even longer. It's a detailed process, but I would be interested, um, as you're reading the descriptions, um, as the new format comes out that I just showed you, not the old descriptions, but the new ones as we go, if there's anything that you would find helpful, like tank size, I just don't want to put it have to be in this tank or larger. Cause that's, it, that's like user discretion. Right. Um, but anything that's missing, it's like I, when I shop for fish, I always look for this. Why is that not on there? Um, I mean, pH, I'm not going to put on there cause that leads to mass confusion, but there's other things that I would, I'm just wondering what's missing, what would work well for people. Cancer Train, have you considered selling schooling fish in a minimum group of six? Yes, I have. And 
I have up till now decided not to do that. And the reason is there are definitely people that already have those fish. This happens a lot, actually, very frequently. That They have a group of those fish and they just want a few to build up the group a bit. So, I mean, in the special care requirements for grouping fish, I definitely talk about that. Like the mamirids, I was very specific. <laughs> and I'll, I, I'll do that with the tetras and other things too. Um, I think I have. Hopefully I didn't forget to do that on some of those. But that's the intent, that that information is given there. Um, it would just be kind of frustrating if you've already got a group of a dozen and you're like, you know, I have room for, you know, three more in here and I really like this fish and I want to get them. If you had to buy six or a dozen, you're like, I really only have room for three, right? So we didn't want to put that on there. But I understand Cancer Train, uh, the, the reasons behind it, and we've thought about that, but it just excludes a whole kind of customer, um, the customer that's doing an add-on to their current group. So what we, de what we decided to do is inform um, instead of enforce, I guess would be the way to put it. Chevy Fish, welcome to the Dan's Fish family. Mandy, yes, we're excited to have Mandy. Jan, just wanted to share my small success, my Micropotus Specti. Thank you. Oh, the Black Paradise Fish. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, they keep spawning. Jan, if you can raise those, I'll buy every one from you. <laughs> I've been trying to get Black Paradise fishing for a long time. Pulled a few dozen fry and I'm raising them on Infusory right now. Hashtag breeding is pleasure. Cheers. It is if you're doing it right. And Jan, um, I am rooting for you. Partly because those are some of my favorite fish ever. I know I say that about a lot of fish, but Black Paradise fish, spike-tailed spike paradise fish, all those um, kinds of fish are just, I love them. And, I, and they're so hard to get. So good on you. And if you could raise a couple hundred, I would love to buy them. <laughs> Heck, I'll, I'll buy a group of 25. I don't even need a couple hundred for that fish. Anyway, Stephen P, 2003, Aquartics. <laughs> if you guys, okay, I'm not just saying this because the video has to do with an unboxing from Dan's Fish, but if you haven't watched Stephen P's YouTube channel, you should. Um, the dude knows how to tell a story. His editing is so entertaining. I laugh. I like legit belly gut laugh every video I watch of his. Well, not the one where he, you had your problem in your 90 gallon tank, Steve. And I'm, I'm not, not that, but like <laughs> edamame, that's all I have to say. <laughs> if you want to know what that means, edamame, why that's funny, watch his latest video. Um, he's asking, do all the Chilotherina species flash the way the blare I do in your video? In my experience, yes. Now, I haven't kept every Chilotherina species, so I can't say that with certainty, but I've kept a lot of them, and everyone I've kept does that. Now, they don't flash the same color, but they have that same blaze from the top of the mouth up to the dorsal fin, up the ridge of the back, just like the Blairi, and they, they definitely do flash it. Some of them are blue, some of them are, I mean, they're, they're different color um, flashes, but they do it. Now, most Melanotania do too, but 
I'm a little hesitant to say every Chilotharina does because there are those outliers like in the Monotania, like the uh, the, Splen- the Splendens group does not, I believe. The Dwarf Neon Tetras don't flash there. They kind of get these side glows going, kind of on the side, upper side a little bit, kind of behind the gills, that area. Um, but they don't get a true blaze. And so there might be some Chilothrina that are like that that I haven't kept yet, but I don't think so. I think they all flash. Um, let's see here. Which, I mean, if you haven't seen Rainbowfish displaying and flashing, then at some point in your life, make sure you do. I'm not saying you have to buy them and do it in your own aquariums. You can go visit a local fish keeper that has rainbow fish, but you owe it to yourself <laughs> at some point to see that. There's nothing else like it. It, re- it will blow your mind. Like, how are they turning neon lights on, on their bodies? How does that happen? I, I really don't know, but it's, it's amazing. <coughs> Excuse me. Rockin' Fish asks, are you a guest speaker in Danikin's fish event? If so, will you tape and put on your YouTube? Um, I can neither confirm nor deny that, Rockin' Fish. Um, I'm letting the event decide if and when and how it announces all that. Um, If I am, then once it's announced, then I'll tell all the information. But uh, it's it's the privilege of the event to, to share their speaker roster. So I have to wait for that. To, to confirm or deny <laughs> that question. If I am, then I don't have a problem. If I am speaking there, then um, I would not have a problem with them taping it. Um, but it's, yeah, but I leave that up to the event's discretion, basically. Yeah. Brian P., what is the size of the new place? Um, When it's all done, it'll be around 10,000 square feet. The first phase is 4,500 square feet. So about 500 aquariums is what really matters. (laughs) So, yeah, I I mean, I was going to share a drawing of it or something, but I think I've done that a lot lately, and people have already seen it, so maybe I won't do that. Unless popular demand later in the chat says, no, show it, but I don't want to bore people. Um, but yeah, 4,500 square feet and a lot of aquariums can fit in there. Connor A. Mac, I hear rainbow fish need a four foot tank. I just bought a 38 gallon that is four feet. That's great. My hope is to keep rainbows, but I'm concerned the 14 by 14 by 48 will not work for them. Any thoughts? I think it will absolutely work for them. Yeah, like even the 33 long, which is four feet, but... 12 by 12, I think, by four, something like that, would be fine. It's more about length than depth. So I absolutely would keep rainbow fish in that size tank. And by the way, not all rainbow fish need to be kept in a four-foot tank. Um, We just sold out of them, but we had Melanotania ogilbii in. I think that fish stays under three inches, if I remember right. We have the Wallace Road. it's Melanotania species Wallace Road. It, it hasn't been described yet. It's too new, but the collection location was Wallace Road. Um, those uh, stay small. Um, the Rubra Vitata, the red neon laser, stays small. The dwarf neon rainbow, Melanotania praecox, stays small. Um, 
the um, Macolakai's stay small, as do the, uh, what's the name of that other one that used to be Macolakai? I forget. Um, Skull Creek is the location that they were collected at, but I forget. Soloensis, I think that's it. Um, those stay small. So even within the Melanotania group, there are some that would fit in, in a smaller tank. But the larger ones, the normal size Melanotania and Glossolepis and Chilothrina, a four-foot tank would be appreciated, sure. And, you know, six, tanks, six feet is even better, but four, four feet will do it for sure. Um, but, but don't think you can't keep other rainbow fish. Just go for the smaller species. KS. Hi, Dan. Did you ever have a situation where the water changes don't decrease nitrates? Nope. What do you do when your water changes don't work? So my, my guess is that your tap water has nitrates in it. That, that can happen. And so if you're taking out water and replacing it with your tap water, the nitrates aren't going down just because they're in the tap water, right? Um, I personally have not had that situation, but I, I think that you can manage it the way you would nitrates in general. Now, hopefully it's not ammonia or nitrite. Hopefully it's nitrates, and I'm guessing it is. I don't think they would put ammonia or nitrite in your drinking water. But, um, but if you're on a well or something and there's a lot of fertilizers around you, you know, I don't know what could be in there. But for nitrate, biological filtration won't really get rid of it unless you do like a plenum and all that, but plants will eat it. So plants might be your solution. The other thing is nitrates in low concentrations are not detri- don't seem to be detrimental to lots of different species. Um, nitrites and ammonia definitely are, but nitrates, if you don't have like them at being out of control, then I think most species of aquarium fish that we tend to keep would probably do fine for you. Jeff Rose Fish Keeping. Jeff, good to see you, Jeff Rose. Glad you're around, man. Hope you're doing well. Michael Machos, what do you think about me starting a ram colony in a 55 gallon with one sponge filter suffice? Will one sponge filter suffice? I mean, yeah, it depends on the sponge filter. There's all different sizes. There's all different porosities. But uh, I would think that, like, I'm keeping 75-gallon tanks just full of fish. And I've got the large sponge filter size from Gemco. So whatever the equivalent size is, I think that's probably about five inches around. It's a coarse sponge because they don't clog as fast. So I like the coarse sponge for porosity. Um, And I think you'll be just fine, absolutely. Now, if you feed crazy heavy and you never change the water, then maybe it won't be enough. But, um, well, you'll have bigger problems than that at that point. But yeah, that's how I would set it up for sure with a sponge filter. Pony Grill, my 12 dwarf golden barbs are awesome and spawning every morning. I almost want to yell goal. <laughs> that's, that's a glossy pony girl, but my throat's a little rough. It's been a one of those days, so I don't think I should golazo right now, but I, I'm golazoing in my heart for you. That's awesome. Um, I love love their Rapashi. Cool. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that they're spawning for you. I do like that fish. They really are a cool little barb. 
Ken's Fish. It does affect who I buy from if they are from a state I try not to buy from. I try buying from good quality fish people, not a fish wholesaler that turn and burn. Oh, yeah. Ken, are you saying that there's certain states you don't buy from? I mean, <laughs> did a state piss you off? Is that what you're saying? I mean, to each their own, no judgment. Um, but absolutely, there's. Um, I don't think. I don't think that a state will tell you though if they're a wholesaler or not. I'm trying to parse this. Anyway, Kent appreciates having the state there, so that's one vote for the state. Beastart, rice fish came in alive and well, looking great. Awesome, Beastart. I'm glad to hear that. I hope you enjoy them and I hope you get tons of eggs from them. You should. I, I actually had to get eggs out of the bags before I sent them. <laughs> so I think they're, they're about ready. I'm scrolling because chat jumped. Lumpy Dog saying, will the Fundalo Panchax Gardener allow the fry to grow up in the tank with the parents, assuming nicely planted tanks? Yes. I've done that before. They will if there's enough plant cover and if there's food for the fry, of course. Not a lot, but you can get a self-sustaining colony going. Um, and it can go big enough that I would have to routinely, routinely, once every month or so, actually remove a few fish because it was getting crowded. So, yeah, it can happen. And that's, that's the easiest way to do it. Almost all um, killies that don't require a dry period, almost all killifish that are not true annuals um, can be raised that way. Chevy Fish, if I win, please give them to Bob Kaler. I will do. Yep, happy to do that. Buddy Viper, hi, since you do such a great job of starting your fish on several varieties of food, perhaps you could list those facts as well. Oh, that is something else that makes your fish superior. So I do often get the question, that isn't a frequent email I answer, what are these fish eating? So... If I list the actual food, like, yeah. I'm thinking a note here. Because it's a good, it's a good suggestion. Um, that might be something to do. The, the only concern I have about that is when I list, like, the actual make and model, if you will, like, Picari Vibrabites. Um, does it come across as if I'm like actually taking responsibility on of endorsing that company? Um, which actually I like Hikari, so <laughs> that's fine. But uh, I think that might be fine. Odds are, Bunny Viper, that's something that'll probably do. I need to think about it a bit though. Make sure that it doesn't come across as if I'm... Um, like representing the company or something, but I don't think so. I think that would work just fine. Yeah. Thanks for the suggestion though. Either way. Uh, yeah, we do get that question a lot. So that would be a good thing to answer right there on the listing. Kids Aquatics and Exotics throwing down 4.99. Boom. 
Who's the boss? Kayla's the boss. <laughs> See, I used to flex and it was impressive. Now I flex and you, you, nothing happens. So <laughs> at least I'm not to the point where I flex and I sag. We'll, we'll get there, though. We're working on it. <laughs> Thank you for the super chat. Kayla's Aquatics and Exotics. Bob, I appreciate you. Um, Maria Z, Justin Brown, for Dan to see your question, use the at Dan's Fish. Yep, absolutely. Dragon Layer, Kenny outed you already last Sunday as a speaker. Oh, okay. Okay, it's been announced then. Yeah, I'm going to be speaking at the uh, Greater Portland Aquarium Society. Is that, or is it club? I can't remember. But yep, I'll be a speaker there. And um, I can't wait to do it. I love going and speaking. We didn't know if we could, just because... So much is up in the air with the warehouse and stuff, but we've got people coming, helping us out and everything. And so I'm going to try to make a business trip out of it. I'll, I'll go to the talk and stuff and enjoy the convention, the event. Um, and then I'm going to take some time up and try to go visit some businesses up in that area. Um, see if we can make it a, a fruitful trip for the business, if you will. Dragon Lair. Oh, Kenny, I already got that one. Justin Brown, how fast do your fish ship? So I, I ship UPS next day, um, air. So if I ship them today, they'll get there tomorrow morning. Now, sometimes there's a delay. It doesn't happen a lot and I have no control over it, but UPS is pretty good about getting their stuff there on time. I mean, I think it's safe to say then all the time I've been shipping with UPS or FedEx, I don't know the percentage, but it's negligible. Like it almost never happens that there's a delay, but it can happen. Every now and then there's an, a weather event um, in, or a powder, power outage or a flood or something like that. And that happens once a year, I think. It happened in 2020 once and it happened this winter once where there was some kind of event and like the whole shipment was delayed an extra day. Apart from those events though, I could count on two hands the number of delays I've had, maybe two and a, maybe three hands, the number of delays that, that we've had um, in the last like year and a half, two years. So it's pretty good. Um, now, if you're asking how quickly do we get the fish out, we ship out on Tuesdays and Thursdays currently. So it, it depends. Uh, we need two days to properly prepare and package the fish for shipping. So if I got the order before we came in like Monday morning, so I come in Monday morning, um, Sunday evening, Monday morning, then we would get all the, the shipments ready for Tuesday. So I need a couple days to prep everything. Um, it just takes a while to truly clear the gut of the fish and make sure that um, they don't have any poop hiding inside them and stuff and that they'll ship cleanly. It takes a couple days. So um, Now, we will be increasing that. As help comes on, we do hope to um, ship like three or four days a week, but we're not there yet. We're just doing it two days a week at the moment. Eric, why rock? Why not? $10 with a laughing pair. All right. Glad I could tickle your fruit bone, <laughs> your funny bone. 
Hey, thanks for the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required, but it's kind of awesome when money falls out of a computer screen onto your lap. Audrey Simpson, I live in rural Indiana, and I have ammonia in my tap water. Ooh. I have to use double doses of Prime to nullify it during water change. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm so sorry you have ammonia in your water. That sounds like no fun. No es bueno. But I'm glad you found a solution. Prime works for it. I don't know if Prime would do that for nitrate, though. I know it helps with ammonia nitrite, but I don't know if it helps with, I don't know if it helps with nitrate. Can5015. All the Pseudomilgo, Ivan Safai, and Gertrude are doing great together. Sultan is doing well. Sultan Pleco. And still so tiny and very rarely seen. Also, the Melanitania with their odd chin is doing fantastically well. Well, I'm glad they're doing good for you. Thanks for letting me know. And, yeah, before you know it, they're slow growers. But before you know it, that Sultan will be all big and, and fat and sassy. I'm glad they're doing well, though. Let's see here. Chat jumps, so just bear with me while I scroll up here to look for the questions and comments. I missed when it jumped. Here we go. Tiffany White. Tiffany, how are you? It's great to see you. Tennessee's number one realtor. I believe there is incorrect information online about Macaulay rainbows. I recently sold my colony locally because the males were about four inches. Females seem to be smaller. Ooh, that's good to know. I wonder here... Melanotania is for their max because that would still be fairly small for a rainbow fish. Um, let's see here. Oh, yeah. So, seriously, fish says they only get 2.8 inches. So, three inches, less than three inches. Let's see if. Um, Angfa has an opinion on that. So the best site for rainbow fish information is right here. Um, I'm going to put a link down because Angfa does a great job. But they don't always have the sizes listed. They're kind of more into like, here's the fish, here's its history, here's where it was found, its water parameters, then things like, here's how big it is. But sometimes you can find it. Sometimes they're found in pH as low as 3.6. Holy cow. So I don't know that I'm seeing. A like full size stat here. Yep, not here. Sounds like seriously fish is mistaken on that, according to Tiffany's uh, experience and I always think someone's experience is more valid than a stat online. <laughs> so thanks for sharing that, Tiffany. That's good to know. Dragon Lair found a new way to feed plecos, mix up rapashi, and spread it on a flat rock, lay in the tank before lights go out. Rock will be clean in the morning. Awesome. Yeah. I, I think people use that trick for hillstream loaches and stuff like that, too. Some of the benthic feeding gobies and stuff, stiffidons and such. Yeah, I'm glad that's working for you. That is a fun way to feed fish. Yeah, for sure. And what I found is if you make the rapashi um, a little runnier, then you get a nice thin layer on it. That's kind of good. However, it dissolves off a little quicker. So, yeah, give and take. 
Orange goes, I just have to know, is it... <laughs> is it theatre or theater? Is it theater or theater-e? Okay. So I've studied theater very closely. Um, I was a professor of theater for quite a while. It's been part of my life for a long time. No one knows. <laughs> that's, that's my official answer that I've come to after getting that question so many times and looking for answers so many times and having other professors explain their theories to me so many times. Um, one person was like, well, ER is movie theaters and RE is live action theater, right? Um, nope. Well, RE is the English spelling and ER is the American spelling. Like every theory I've heard has been disproven some way. So it's both. That's the answer. It's both. Are you feeling fancy? It's RE. Are you feeling normal? It's ER. <laughs> Skippers Aquariums, what was the app that you use to count your fish when you get them in? It's J Image. I believe, yes. So if you Google J Image, it'll bring you here. And it's this, I believe, right here. Make sure that's right. <laughs> Before, yeah, I'm pretty darn sure that's the one. Oh no, it's Image J. Yeah, Image J. Yeah, that, that, that's the right. Image J. Absolutely. Yep, that's the one. Image J, not J image. I had that backwards in my mouth. Rico Stan, good to see you, Rico. <laughs> if Chevy Fish wins, they go to Bob Kaler. If Bob Kaler wins, they go to Rico Stan. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Quentin Fogel, knowing the state the fish comes from can tell the buyer what kind of water parameters those fish were made in if you're familiar with different states' water parameters. It's a good point. It's a good argument. There's probably pockets in every state where the water is different than normal, but it's a good point. If I get a fish from Texas or Florida, I imagine it's been kept in pretty hard um, what, which, yeah, the, the thought is, how do I was talking about that is maybe I should list my own water parameters, but no. So, so yes to you, no to listing my actual water parameters. So the, the problem is so many people take, there's so much misinformation out there that there's a lot of people think that they have to match their aquarium to wherever the fish are coming from and they, they start chasing parameters, which is bad. So if I actually listed my parameters, um, then there's a likelihood that customers that don't know any better would be like, oh, I'm going to do that and would start changing their water chemistry to try to match mine, right? But your, your point's well taken. In general, if I order a fish from Texas, I'm like, this is going to be from hard water. If I order it from like Seattle, Washington, this is probably going to be soft water. It's a good point. Bunny Viper, nah, just say pellets, flakes, etc. Yeah, instead of the actual brand. Okay, I guess I misunderstood Bunny Viper. I thought you were saying like the actual food. Um, so I, I like that. That's kind of what I'm doing now um, is saying flakes, pellets, frozen, live, rapashi, because that's a, a whole separate thing, even though it's a brand, right? That's like 
it's like calling a tissue a Kleenex. <laughs> but um, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm leaning. I just got to Eric Y Rocks. I always want to ask why not live uh, uh, super chat. So thanks again to Eric and Bob for leaving some super chats. The money is appreciated. Robert Lambrecht received the syllabus rainbows this morning. Doing great. Need to praise you on your excellent packaging. Keep up the great work, Robert. Thank you. And I hope they thrive for you. Um, of all the different syllabus I've seen in my day, these are my favorite once they settle in and those extensions grew out and stuff, I, I hope you like them as much as I do. Um, and they're, they're like a, a wild fish. So I don't know if you're into breeding or not, but if you are, just know these are wild. So if you bred them, you'd have some F1s. Um, and I could probably find the actual collection location as well if you need that as a breeder. In fact, I should do that just so I can list it anyway. All right, I should add that information out there. Next one, oops, chat jumps. Sorry folks, it does that sometimes. And then I gotta scroll and like, look. Okay, here we are, got it, got it. Toad Tamer, <laughs> good to see you. Is there a good way to ship fish if you don't have an oxygen tank? Yes. Um, I'm going to share with you a video that I took of Maria Z um, when she ships some um, rainbow fish to me. She doesn't have any fancy equipment. She doesn't have uh, like all the pure oxygen and the fancy sealer and all that. And she did a perfect shipping job. Honestly, the best shipping job I have seen in a long time. So, um, a link to that video is in the last month's newsletter, but I will, can I copy it here? Copy link address. I'll share it here in the chat and you can see a video of an example of that. So Marie doesn't have the equipment. She just took the principles of how to bag fish individually and all that and said, and, and figured out how to make it work with what she had. And so that video that I just posted is a good example of, um, I don't know, what do you call it? Like low tech quality shipping, something like that without all the fancy equipment. Yeah, Maria, I'm still impressed with that every time I think about it. in no losses, no problems. They're looking awesome. They're, they settled in like immediately. They're linked in the post. Oh, they're linked in the post? It's not, it didn't post. It didn't post? Oh, shoot, I, I already got out of that. Okay, could you do that? <laughs> Apparently that link didn't take. I probably like, no, I press send or it would still be there. I don't know. Jonathan's going to try to link it because it, it's, it's, it's a great example that might help you out. Steven P2003 Aquatics. My Macaulay are a bit over two years old and just sitting at above three inches, just FYI. Okay, so here's one point I should bring up. Um, Tiffany White, I don't know where you got your Macaulay from, but if you got them from the pet trade, often the fish sold as Macaulay in the pet trade is not Macaulay. It's a form of Australis. I've had that happen to me where I ordered Macaulay and they sent me Macaulay and they were a form of, of, of a Splendida type, an Austral, 
an Australian rainbow type, basically, right? Um, I believe they were Melanotania australis, if I remember right. Oh, is that, it's been a while. The other issue is a lot of the fish sold as Macolokai are hybrids. So if you received one, and I'm not saying you did, maybe you got them from me. I, I don't even know what source they were. But um, if they were hybridized, they could have been hybridized with the larger species and grown bigger. So I guess I hadn't taken that into consideration when I was looking at seriously fishing. I was like, I guess that's wrong. Um, my understanding is, yeah, that they top out at a, around three inches. So I just want to bring that up that in Tiffany White's experience, they got bigger. And so maybe she's right. Maybe they were like a look locality pure Macaulay, a pure line. I don't know, but they could have been sold as Macaulay and weren't been misidentified or been a hybrid at some point too. So I'm not saying, not trying to throw shade at Tiffany or her fish or, or anything like that. Just some things to consider, I guess. Um, I don't know why Steven's uh, comment made that pop in my head, but it's worth considering. Seriously, fish tends to have the official recorded sizes, said Toad Tamer. Yeah, I mean, Seriously, fish does a good job. I don't want to throw shade at them either. For, for the tasks they're undertaking, they do a pretty good job. They're, they're kind of like a, a wiki in a way. There's a lot of knowledge there when they post the fish. They have a great team, but they also allow people to comment. So if you like see a size and you're like, uh-uh, you can type there and correct it. Um, it doesn't change it in the listing, but it's listed down as a comment and you can look at those comments. And sometimes I've seen it where someone leaves a comment and the comment following is from Seriously Fish that is like, oh, thanks for bringing that to our attention. We looked into this and we changed it based on your feedback. So they really do try. I think they do a good job. No one's, no one's going to be perfect on that. I mean, no one, a site like Seriously Fish that has so many fish on it, there's no way that whoever's running that has been able to keep them all long term, <laughs> right? And personally experience their full size. It's just, it's just not possible. Yep. Bunny Viper. Oh, all five baby Epiplates species Akayo or location Akayo are still going strong. Gotta say, I never kept these before, but they're absolutely fantastic. Your first Killies. I'm glad you like them. Killifish are my weakness. I love them. And so I'm glad that you had a good first experience. Um, I wish I had more. I, I, I would like to spread more around, but I'm out. So that's uh, some point I plan on cracking that. I'm planning, I, I plan on finding a way at some point of making killifish more available, whether it's working with hobbies breeders and saying, look, if you breed in some bulk, I'll buy them from you. Let's work this out. Or working with a legit fish farm and saying, you know, let's get some of these going. Or breeding them myself. I, I don't know what it'll take, but one day I hope to do that. They're always going to be somewhat pricey just because of their breeding habits. But if you can breed and raise... Melanotania praecox, the dwarf neon rainbow, in such numbers that it, it's that it's at its current price point, which is you know not super high. Um, you can pick one up for I don't know less than ten bucks. Um, 
then we can get killifish there as well. There, it, it, there's a lot of similarities there. They're continuous spawners, just like rainbow fish. Um, and they're faster growing than rainbow fish too, most of them. So we got to be able to fix that. One day I'll have time to wrap my head around that. Justin Brown, how are the Congo spotted puffers? They're awesome. And what is a good diet for them? I cannot get scuds. So, so Justin, I'm not feeding them just scuds. Scuds are an occasional treat for them. Um, so first off, they're doing awesome. They're, they're great. What do you feed them? So I like to rotate it. So let's say at this size, I like to feed them a couple times a day. Just because they're growing, right? They're growing little puffers. So um, in the morning, I might feed, say like, and I, by the way, sometimes I get busy and it's once a day, but I like to feed them twice a day. In the morning, it might be some bloodworms. And then in the evening, it might be um, something crunchy. Crunchy could be snails. It could be scuds. But it could also just be rapashi that you make and you mix in some crushed, oy crushed oyster shell. Um, I've got a video on how to do that. If you look at like, it's a video called, I think it's No Snails, No Problem or something like that. Basically, you take rapashi and while it's still hot, you mix in crushed oyster shells, which you can get at any livestock supply store because they sell it for chickens. Um and mix it in there and then the rapashi hardens and it's got all these bits of shell in it and you feed that to the puffers and as they eat the rapashi it's it's like eating a snail or something right it it wears down their beak so something soft in the morning something crunchy in the evening or vice versa i guess um snails rapashi scuds um something with a shell on it right so if you rotate those you get good variety and um you don't get the beak problems so that's what works for me but don't think that like all I'm feeding them is scuds and you have to culture scuds for them to do well for you. They go nuts for frozen bloodworms. I mean, I thaw them before I put them in there, but they go nuts for bloodworms. Uh, they're eating brine shrimp really well, which that's actually what I like to feed them their last meal before I ship them because all the fiber in the brine shrimp helps clean them out. Um, so they'll eat a variety. They'll even eat fiber bites. Um, I'm feeding them fiber bites as well. So... I try to give them a variety. Alrighty. Hang on, I'm looking, I'm looking. There's one, Paul Soltero. Good to see you, Paul. Just took some plants out of the five gallon that originally were in my grow out quarantine tank, only to find corridors, <laughs> similar fry swimming all over the bottom. The parents are in the grow out tank. That's awesome. Your quarantine tank is now your breeding tank. <laughs> That's great. Cheers to you. Corridor similis fry. Now that's a beautiful little quarry. I mean, I'm not going to say they're brightly colored, but their pattern is really cool. That is a handsome fish. That's awesome, man. That makes me happy. <laughs> I thought this was just a quarantine tank, but apparently <laughs> it's a nursery. Thai Aquatics. Why not endorse food brands that you use and think are good quality? There are a lot of substandard products around that endorsing product you think is good quality would be of service. Yeah, and, and I don't mind talking about the foods I feed like on a live stream or in a video or something, but what I don't want to happen is have the thing where you get flack. It's like, I feed Hikari Viber Bites, and then people are like, what, those are horrible. That's not a good food. You should feed only this, I don't know, name the brand that's people are into, the brand de jour for that period. Um, 
So, you know, I don't want to get the, give people the impression that I'm like, this is the food I feed and that you should feed too. It starts a lot of, a lot of arguments. So yeah, maybe Thai aquatics. Um, so just so you know, right now in my feeding rotation, and I've, I actually, I've got a video on all the foods I feed. So you can look at that, but, um, like for prepared frozen, um, flakes, I've got, um, extreme krill. I stopped feeding the extreme community. Um, the fish didn't just, just didn't like it that much, but I feed the krill and I feed for some veggies, zoom mid, um, spirulina flakes. Those are the two flakes I generally feed. Then I feed some algae wafers. Um, I also feed Hikari massivore pellets, Hikari carnivore pellets. I feed extreme nano pellets. Um, I feed PE mysis shrimp pellets. I feed some black worm pellets just because they were sent to me. <laughs> Once I'm done feeding them, I probably won't get them again. I don't like them that much. But um, And then I feed uh, frozen bloodworms, Hikari brand, frozen brine shrimp, San Francisco Bay brand, um, P. mysis, frozen mysis shrimp. I feed rapashi, community. I have some soy and green I'll mix in sometimes. Um, I think those are the ones I mainly use. I'm probably forgetting a couple. I mean, when I go around and feed, I literally have this cart with like seven or eight kinds of food on it. And as I go around the tanks, I mix it up. So that's kind of how I do it. But your point's well taken. I just don't, there's, there's issues that come with like being too specific about what you say. Chevy, like on a, on a site, like, yeah. Chevy fish, I know the parameters they've been used to. So I know how big the difference is for my parameters. I'm extra careful and acclimate slower and longer for big differences. Right. But you're also an experienced fish keeper and, and like, you know, know to do that. Um, I've got to be thinking about the person that read the Facebook post that said, you'll shock your fish if they change two degrees of two point two tenths of a pH or something like that. Right. So, um, that's what I'm trying to figure out, but yes, of course, you know, to do that, you know, to, to do it slowly. If it's a big thing, if that's important to you, um, personally, I don't, I just plop and drop. Um, but, but I get that if there's a big change and you know how to acclimate and all that, um, absolutely. That can work just fine. Now, when I send fish, I'm generally sending from really soft water to hard water customers. And so since my customers generally have hard water, there's no problem with plop and drop at all because that helps the fish. And if they have soft water, then they're not really getting shocked either. Right? So the way I happen to have water that works for pretty much all the customers, but yeah, if you're getting fish from really hard water and you have soft water, there's definitely some merit to doing a slower acclimation or putting a lot of salt in the quarantine tank and then slowly over a few weeks changing that out. There's, there's definitely um, merit to that. So that's my trick for bringing in guppies and platies and things. I don't do it often because it's a lot of extra work, but 
if they're coming from hard water and generally live bearers are, and I have really soft water, then I salt the tank and kind of gradually adjust from there. That's one way to help them uh, do well as they acclimate to the soft water. So, so I hear you. I do those techniques too when, when needed. Um, fishaholic. <clears throat> Sorry, I got to get a drink. Fishaholic. Is it hard to keep rainbow fish? Or sorry, I have rainbow fish on the mind. Angel fish. I bought three batches of four fish at a time and only two survive. Current stock, three rainbow sharks, one kissing garami, one pictus, five quarries, 75 gallon water parameters are good. So I'm just going to take you at your word that water parameters are good, but just know that Everyone says that, um, and often when we follow up and say, oh, what are they? We find out, oh, wait, there's an ammonia spike, right? But uh, I'm not saying that's what's happening here, especially if all the other species are doing fine. So rainbow sharks can be jerks. Kissing garamis can be jerks. Pictus cats can be jerks. But I'm guessing they're fairly small and aren't too jerky yet because your, your quarries are doing okay with them. Um, again, I don't know a lot of information, so I'm just kind of spitballing here. <clears throat> My guess is if the other fish you die do fine and only the angelfish die on you, it's probably your source. So I'd switch sources and try to find a stronger source. <coughs> It's very common for fish that have, you know, gone through supply lines and things to, to be delicate, even hardy species when they first arrive. So I would change your source, try to find um, something that ideally, if you have a local breeder of angelfish and you can go pick them up from them, that would be ideal. Or if you have a local fish club, there's almost always angelfish um, for sale at the auctions or breeders there that you could talk to, right? If that doesn't work, try to find someone in your area that's breeding them and raising them. They won't have gone through the meat grinder of a supply chain that this industry uses, and um, they'll be used to your water conditions already. If that's not the case, try to find a local pet store. If they have some um, angelfish, great. They look good, great, wait a week. Then go back. Are they still there? Do they still look great? Great. Maybe wait another week. Are they still there? They still look good? Okay. Now try buying them, right? What happens often is by the time fish go through this crazy supply chain and then get to you, they're so stressed and their immune system is so shot that they, even, even angelfish can have problems. So my, my suspicion is, is probably the supply. I don't know, but that's often the case. Dandy Bound, you need to use the AdDance fish symbol for your question, otherwise I'll miss it. Yep, that's correct. It doesn't highlight for me if you don't put the at symbol in dance fish. Now I understand some of you are like on a phone, like the Android phone. When I'm on my phone, it's an Android, and I try to do that, it, it doesn't let me. So there are some devices that doesn't work on, um, but in general, that's the way to, that we manage the chat. Alex, aquatic animals. How do you have a colony of Corydoras like from breeding? 
are you asking how do you breed when you have a colony of corridors or are you saying how do i breed and get a colony of corridors i'm not quite sure from the wording i'm gonna guess it's the first um i mean that's how they they do it i mean corridors are not a competitive fish they're a gregarious community-minded fish they like to make love and not war basically so if you have a big community of them and it's spawning time they'll just all get together and have a big party and all spawn together all right um it's like the the 60s all over again but they will eat the eggs so really the main thing is is if you have a colony you're trying to breed them um it's helpful to remove the eggs and incubate them separately and raise the babies separately until they're big enough to put back. However, if you don't want to do that, if you have a tank and let's say half of it is just choked with Java moss, maybe some other plant, but Java moss is nice and dense. Then the odds are that some of the babies will survive and you'll gradually get a colony building up in there. So, you, so it can be done. Um, hopefully I answered your question, Alex. I couldn't, didn't quite know what you were asking, but I did my best there. J-Rock does stuff. <laughs> and his author ego does nothing. Hey, fish fam, first time to the stream. Heard lots about Dan's fish in the chat. Hey, glad you're here, J-Rock, who does stuff. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Cheers. Welcome. <laughs> I'm going to try to get your last name right here, Peter. Gachalian. Peter Gachalian. How do you get Congo spotted puffers on Vibrobites? Patience. Um, so here's my trick to getting fish to eat new foods. I don't use the technique of starve them out. Because um, often I'm trying to like put weight on them, right? They've come in and I'm trying to get them fat and happy. I want them sassy. So what I do is the first feeding of the day, I'll feed the new food, okay? And I'll only feed a tiny bit because the odds are they're not going to eat it the first several times I do this. So I just feed a tiny bit. The purpose is for them to get used to it. So they might ignore it the first couple days. Then after that, they might start like investigating it, kind of mouth it and spit it out. That can go on for weeks. It depends on the fish. It depends on the food and, and the fish and the food and how they match, right? But that can literally go on for weeks. How, however, once I notice that the fish is eating that, then I'll start feeding more of it, right? Then I don't just feed a tiny bit. I'll feed a little more. And if they eat that, then I'll finally do a full feeding. So I do that first feeding of the day. I don't expect them to eat it though. So we'll come back later and feed them the food that they do eat already. Live food, frozen food, whatever. It depends on how picky the fish is and, and what its eating habits are. So just get them used to it. Feed them a tiny bit, they won't eat it. Come back later, feed them food they will eat so they stay fat and healthy. You don't have to starve them to do this. Eventually, they'll usually get used to it. Now, it depends on the fish. So that's the technique I use to get um, puffers eating viber bites or rapashi and stuff like that. Now, some fish, it, it'll never happen. Like wild-caught mamirids, well, no one is captive breeding mamirids 
really that I know of. Well, maybe with some, maybe some of the big species with hormones, but in general, mamirids, they're only going to eat live and frozen. I could be wrong, but I've never got them to eat like pellets or flakes or anything like that. Um, what's another example? Um, oh, some of the, like, so I have African leaf fish right now. They're a dedicated predator. They want live food. I've got them to eat frozen food. So now their main diet is frozen brine shrimp and blood worms and stuff like that. I thought I had them eating fiber bites, but I realized they were tricking me. They were getting them in and then later spitting them out. So I tried for a long, long time. I never did get them to eat that. So in my mind so far, with my experience with that fish is they'll only eat frozen or live. So some fish just never transition, but the puffers do. The Amazon puffers have, the pea puffers have, and the Congo spotted puffers have. And I don't keep a lot of species of puffers. I don't keep the big, big puffers or the brackish water or saltwater species. So um, that's how I do it, though. It's just let's gradually get them used to it. Let's not starve them. Let's not punish them. Let's just get them used to it. All right, it's 829, which means we have got to end this. So let's do that with a drawing, shall we? All right, so we have 117 eligible users to win a mystery rainbow fish. Pretty darn sure it's a Chilotherina genus and pretty darn sure it's a Blairite species, but don't know for sure. But really pretty male with a couple females, so he'll be displaying all the time. And the winner of those is, oops, there we go, Max's dad, Chris. Max's dad, Chris, you've got, oh, two minutes to let us know you're here um, so that we can solidify your winning and tell you how to get them. <laughs> While we're waiting for Max's dad, Chris, here, we'll do another one of these. Let's see here. Oh, that Rico. Good to see you, Rico Stan. Send you an email just now. No hurry on a response. All right. All right. Thanks, Rico. Always good to hear from you. Natural Aquariums, excited to have you at GPAS Fishtoberfest. So if it's GPAS, oh, Greater Portland Aquarium Society, not club. Got it. Greater Portland Aquarium Society. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of folks that I've only seen as usernames. <laughs> That'll be really cool. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. Lost internet. Not sure this made it in. First captain born. Oh, yes. Of the Pau Palustris. So this is a, um, it's a sit and wait ambush predator uh, puffer. Kind of like a hairy puffer or a dragon puffer or whatever. Four strong, 12 days in, use the breeder box for a grow out, grow out in the colony tank to limit moving and stress. Um, I don't know if that's the first captive breeding of that species. I have no idea, but I'm pretty impressed that you were able to raise them because those babies are tiny and very difficult to get going. 12 days in and he's still got four. That's awesome. The question is, I think this is a question, use the breeder box for a grow out in the colony tank to limit moving stress, question mark. Um, I would say it depends on the breeder box. If you do, use the one that has flow through, that you know bubbles the water up and it goes in and then, and then flows out. 
the other ones get stagnant. Even the net breeders, you think, oh, they'll be fine. There's plenty of like area for water to pass through. Yeah, but the net's pretty fine. And detritus quickly clogs all those pores. And overnight, you can come in the next morning and be like, dude, all the, all the fish are doing horrible that are in the thing because it's all clogged up and there isn't good flow through now. Um, those ones for live bearers that go in the tank and have like the little D trap and slotted bottom and all that, same kind of thing. Um, while the babies are really small and you have to have that plastic bottom in the, in the bottom, it's only got a couple holes in it. It's not enough for good exchange. So get the one that goes outside, hangs on the tank on the outside and has constant flow through. I think that would be the way to do it. You might want to put a little sponge or something over the exit where the water flows out so that the little babies don't get washed out. But yeah, I definitely do that. And it looks like we need to draw a new winner because we did not hear from Max, Chris, Max's dad, Chris. So the next winner is Brandon B. Brandon, if you're here, and thanks for being a subscriber, by the way, um, let us know. While we're waiting for Brandon B, Mountaintop Puffer Keeper, I'm just so thrilled that you're raising those. That's, that's awesome. Alex Repco, love your beer mug for water. <laughs> it's not a beer mug. This is a stein. <laughs> um, I also love drinking coffee, tea, water from my glass beer mugs. I, I didn't really get it uh, to, to make a beer mug statement. I got it because it was big. And I always hate, like, I run out of water. I need big containers. I drink a lot of water. All right, Brandon B is here. Awesome. Brandon B, if you would email me, dan at dansfish.com, let me know your first name, your last name, and your mailing address, then I'll get those sent out to you. Um, I'll plan on Tuesday of next week. If the beginning of next week is crazy busy with shipping, then I'll email you. It might be Thursday. Um, but we'll, we'll play that by ear. I'll, I'll be in contact with you. And thanks, Brandon B., for, for playing. Good to have you here. Um, before we go, I need to thank my moderators because they're amazing. And thanks, everyone, for treating them nicely. They're volunteers, folks. <laughs> Treat them well. Um, everyone that left a super chat, thanks so much. Always appreciated. Never required, but it does make my wife super happy when money falls out of the computer screen. Um, everyone that left a question or comment, I really appreciate you being here and participating. Thanks for joining us. All you lurkers, hail the lurker nation. Everyone watching on the replay, I hope you can be here live someday, but I get it, life is busy. Everybody listening to the podcast, I hope I didn't mumble too much and that you could hear what I was saying. <laughs> that's that's my goal. Yeah, that's where I'm at as far as podcasting. <laughs> that's my level. Let's make it so the folks can actually understand what you're saying. <laughs> then we can go from there, right? Anyway, I'll be back next Wednesday, same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I really hope everyone has a good one. Thanks for being here.